Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we've got an awesome revenge story against a horrendous micromanager. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I took away all the towel seat reservations at the resort. I was on holidays in an all-inclusive resort. First day, we couldn't find any lounge chairs by the beach or by the sea. Fair enough. We arrived in the afternoon. Next day, we go find a spot, but most of the spots were taken by towels. We find an empty seat and, to our surprise, many of the chairs stay reserved almost the whole day or never get used. Third day, we decide to take some towels off two loungers and enjoy our day. Four hours in, an older couple shows up that said they had towels there and kick us off with help from an attendant. That pissed me off, so every following day I went to take the towels off every unattended lounger after breakfast, and then went to watch the chaos from my balcony. Many, many people complained and by the end of the week, there was a sign that the unattended towels would be removed. Success. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, when they're spending their time at this resort, they find a little life hack that gets them a nice reservation or a nice seat. Do you really blame that old couple for taking advantage of it while they could? I mean, hey, although they were kind of jerks and annoying to other people, it worked out for them pretty good, it sounds like, for the most part. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, a customer was being extremely rude and condescending to me at my retail job, ran into him months later at his own retail job. Years ago, I worked at Home Depot in the paint department and we did color matches. At the tail end of a busy night, someone comes in wanting a color match, which is no problem at all. However, this gentleman wanted a color match from a random Home Depot sign that was bolted into a metal counter. After I told him that there was no way for me to unbolt the sign to color match it, He got pissy and said he would go to Lowe's because, according to him, they would do it there. My response was, So you're going to Lowe's to get a color match of a Home Depot sign that's bolted down inside of Home Depot? A few people in line laughed at him and he walked away pissy. I get a call from a coworker who overheard the customer telling someone on their cell phone that they would place an order closer to our close time and not pick it up. 20 minutes later, he places an order for like 40 gallons and requested specifically that they be made in 40 individual gallon buckets rather than 8 5 gallon buckets. I grabbed a few cases of paint but I didn't prepare any because as he promised, he left without picking them up. Fast forward maybe 3 months later, I'm in Lowe's wasting my time while my car gets fixed and I run into the same guy, and it looks like he was the only person staffed in this big area of the store. I grabbed a shopping cart and started looking for items on the shelf without product. I made him follow me around and requested at least two cases of each item that was empty on the shelf. He had to get a ladder and a scanner and he was working up quite a sweat. I kept hearing him getting paged, but he had to keep telling the people paging him that he's still with a customer. After maybe two hours, my car was ready, and I informed the employee that my car was ready, and after doing the math, 
I'm going to get the supplies from Home Depot, and advised him he could just put everything back, and that I'd tell management he gave me great service. He had to get another ladder and put everything back up in the overheads because I had him get me more items than would go on the shelves. Ran into the same guy at my job a few months later and immediately took my lunch break and informed management under no circumstances could I assist him because I had personal issues with him outside of work. I love that like this guy turned back up and you treated him like the Terminator like uh I'm gonna leave and uh, I have nothing to do with this guy see you. This next story is, neighbor keeps leaving their trash can in front of my garage, I dispose of it. Where I live, the houses are very close together. Where my garage ends, their space begins, and the stairs leading up to their house is about 20 feet from my garage. There have been many instances where the garbage collectors leave my neighbor's trash can in front of my garage. That's not a problem. The problem is that the neighbor can't take a few seconds to move it out from in front of my garage. I don't expect them to move it same day. However, there have been multiple instances where the garbage can is in front of my garage two to three days after trash pickup. Pretty sure the neighbors left their house in that time span and seen the garbage can. This neighbor also never brings their garbage can in like everyone else. Instead, they leave it on the street right between my garage and their stairs. Bit of an eyesore and they'll also bring out excess trash that doesn't fit the bin more than a night before pickup. This has caused trash to fly out, gets pretty windy where we are, and get all over the street. This past trash pickup, the garbage can was once again left in front of my garage. I moved it to the front of their place. Today I go to use my car and the darn can is again in front of my garage. Not sure if someone did it or the wind moved it over. Either way, this wouldn't happen if they ever took their garbage can up. I was very annoyed so I loaded the trash can into my car and took it to my cousin who's helping with a teardown of a house. House isn't far, maybe a 10 minute drive. Put the garbage can in the big dumpster they're using for all the crap from the house. Now the annoying neighbor will need to either deal with not having a garbage can and potentially or most likely get increasing fines or pay a fee to get another one from the city. Normally I would try to talk to the person. However, this neighbor's gotten into arguments with several other neighbors among other crappy behavior. Did not want to deal with that. Well, I just hope in this day and age where most people have or are getting cameras in their houses, that there's no footage of OP actually like loading that garbage can up and taking it God knows where. I mean, it would definitely suck if you got a knock on your door from a police officer because they have video of you stealing their trash can. Our next story is, you want noise? Bring it on. We live eight houses and we're talking big yard houses from a house that has a four-horse stable in their backyard. They were grandfathered in from decades ago, and generally we enjoy seeing them work the horses and just having the horses around. No big deal, just a nice neighborhood addition. Then, they decided to start playing music at 5pm on Sunday. Music so loud, we could hear the words inside our house with the windows closed. Now, loud music in an evening I could ignore, but this was ongoing at 2am. It kept my toddler up, it kept us up, and we had work. Neighbors reported them multiple times. Their direct neighbor put notices on our doors telling us it was not them, but gave us the correct address of the neighbors that were being butts. We reported them. They'd get a fine, cops would stop by, and then 2am the next Monday, they're keeping the neighborhood awake and we've got people on next door asking about the source. People who are blocks away. That's how bad it was. 
I'm married for brains and it was successful. Hubby has an 8 foot potato gun with an angle finder and laser sight. Great for taking out to the lake or out to the farm. Never unpacked in town until we were sick and tired of the jerk neighbors. At 11pm, it gets dug out, sighted in carefully, and remember how they have horses? There are some corrugated metal buildings and roofs. Husband has very good aim and could absolutely hit the broadside of a barn. We could hear the god-awful bang as a solid raw chunk of potato slammed into the side of one of those buildings. The music turned off immediately, and each weekend when it goes on, the decibels are appropriate. We can hear the music when outside, but not inside a closed house on the opposite side, and it shuts off by around 9pm. Technically still illegally loud, but not when people are sleeping and not so loud we can't ignore it. We keep a stash of potatoes around just in case though. This takes me back to my earth science high school class where the teacher said that for years they would use a potato gun and fire potato guns out the second floor school building window and the only reason the school made her stop doing it was because potatoes started growing in the soccer field where the potatoes got launched out to. Our next story is, refuse to pay for boiler repair during winter? Okay then. This was about 10 years ago. Still makes me feel good whenever I think about it. I used to rent a house. The landlord lived abroad, so his brother, nice guy, looked after maintenance, and the landlord's lawyer, jerk, looked after the contract and legal stuff. I had the brother's phone number as he was my point of contact if anything needed fixing. One winter, the boiler broke. This is in northern Europe, so this is considered to be an emergency repair. I called the brother multiple times, but it always went straight to voicemail. It didn't even ring. I left a bunch of texts and spent the first night shivering under all the bedding in the house as temperatures outside approached freezing. The next morning, I left more voicemails and texts, but by the afternoon, still no response. By this point, the temperature inside the house was around 7 degrees Celsius. I decided to take matters into my own hands and ring around for an engineer to fix it. They came that evening, diagnosed the problem, a worn out motor removed the broken part, installed the new part, and billed me for parts and labor. I texted the brother to let him know what I had done. A few days later, the brother finally responded and apologized for being out of touch. He had been on holiday. I said no major harm done, but I needed reimbursement for the repair. He told me to call the lawyer and gave me his number. I called the lawyer and explained everything. He was like a brick wall. Totally unreasonable, unsympathetic to the situation, and accusatory to me, saying that I'd broken the terms of the tenancy agreement. I said that they had also violated the agreement by not responding to an emergency repair in a reasonable amount of time. Under the circumstances, I felt I had no choice, and hope we can come to some sort of arrangement. He said no. I asked whether we could split the bill. I pay for the labor and they pay for the part which will remain in the boiler in their property indefinitely, he said no, and at that point said I should put this all down as a lesson learned and move on, and hung up on me. I was not very happy to say the least. The bill was pretty significant, and I'd effectively repaired their boiler for them free of charge. Not to mention the inconvenience and discomfort of being without heating in winter. I was looking at the engineer's bill wondering what I could do, then realized... The bill has my name, my phone number, my signature on it, and the part and its cost clearly listed. I waited 8 months until the tenancy agreement expired and then moved out, I was planning to anyway, 
I called the same engineer and asked him to remove the motor from the boiler. He questioned why, but I talked around it, paid him cash, and all was good. It obviously cost me more money, but ended up being totally worth it. When I moved out the next day, I made sure everything was spotless and left the property like a perfect tenant. The brother came to inspect the property. He had a cursory look around to check nothing was obviously damaged. Then he bid me goodbye and I gave him the keys. Thankfully, he didn't check whether the boiler was working. Why would he? He knows I would have informed him immediately had it broken again. Either way, the security deposit landed back in my account a few days later. A couple of months went by and then I got a text from the brother asking if the boiler had been working okay when I left. I said, yeah, why? No response. Next day, I get a phone call from the lawyer. He was furious. Did you remove the motor from the boiler? I said, yes. Why? They rant about damage to landlord's property, etc. I said, sorry, bit busy right now. Please put all of this in writing to my email. Hangs up. Later that day, I got a very long, ranty email threatening legal action. He obviously took some time to put it together, but honestly, it reeked of intimidation tactics. I waited a day or so just to be annoying and then replied, Dear lawyer, thank you for your email. Please find attached a document that proves that the boiler motor in question is my own personal property. I recommend you put this all down as a lesson learned and move on. Sincerely, OP. I attached the engineer's original bill and clicked send. Never heard back. To this day, I'm not 100% sure I was legally in the clear, but it was definitely worth the risk, knowing that they had to pay for it in the end. What I love here is they definitely paid some kind of lawyer's fees for this whole process, and then still had to pay for the new boiler motor on their part, probably because... Even if they maybe did have a legal avenue, it's probably not worth it enough to try to pursue that, because there's probably a good chance whoever is going to very easily see OP got screwed over here. Our next story is, my neighbor built a shed right on my property line. My wife got a new refrigerator. The neighbor's backyard behind me butts up against my backyard. I have a six foot fence and we both have trees on either side of it, so even in the winter, there's a decent amount of screening between us. Imagine my surprise one day when my youngest daughter came in and said, I suppose you know that the neighbors built a shed right up against the back fence, right? I rushed out the back deck. And sure enough, there was a 10 by 15 ugly shed, literally a foot off my fence. I called him up and said, hey, what's up with the new shed? And he said he would come over and talk to me about it. Once he came over, I said, man, that thing's right on my property line and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be 10 feet back. I asked him if he could move it back so it wasn't so much in our face when we were sitting on our deck. He claimed that because of the slope of his yard and a drainage ditch, that that was the only place it could be. I was also worried that if we ever sold our house and it was surveyed, then it might become a big hassle. So my neighbor offered to buy a piece of my property to make it right, but only wanted to pay us $900. That's when my wife rolled on up from out of the house. She had known the neighbor for a long time and thought he was a jerk already to begin with. She immediately went for the throat. She told him that she needed a new refrigerator and the model she wanted costed $2,200. So that was the price for the land. Or she could just call zone enforcement to make him move it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Or start getting fined. Plus, she told him that he was paying for the surveying and filing the property line adjustment. So that's the story of how my neighbor bought my wife a brand new fancy refrigerator. Having played too many games like Civilization, I don't know what it is, maybe I'm just a colonizer, but it kind of sucks that you have to give up a small piece of your property just for a fridge. I guess, you know, at the worst is probably like maybe just a small corner. I know in some places you'd have to jump through a lot of hoops just to get that small piece sectioned off and added to your property. Our next story is, I can't quickly purchase tampons and use the bathroom on my bathroom break. This was some years ago, and I'd landed a cooking gig at a not-yet-open location of this wildly popular grocery store here. Think of Whole Foods' prepared food section. Preparing cold case items and on-the-spot requests. Cooking for the hot bar. Preparing and maintaining the salad bar. As I mentioned, the location I was to be working at was not yet ready to open. Being that all staff was already hired, the company decided to spread us out among their already operating stores. This would be their first as a Whole Foods competitor, meaning there wasn't a position for me since that section didn't even exist yet, so I was placed in the deli, slicing meats and cheeses all day long. We transplants were also hired at a higher wage than the already established workers. This of course became a source of many issues and an overall toxic environment. Anyway, to the point, one day I happened to be on my period but had no tampons with me. We were allowed bathroom breaks and a lunch break when we were allowed to do our own shopping. It's not like my period could wait till my lunch. Well, I thought, 
How convenient for me, I work in a grocery store. I dash to grab them and pay and then go to the bathroom. I was efficient and fast. Unfortunately for me, one of the other workers, who already hated us for the aforementioned reasons, and I swear as a trickled-down attitude from the actual manager of my section, he and I already had several yelling matches in his office at this point. When confronted about it, I decided I'd step onto the customer side of the counter, which was mad busy at the time, and loudly yell, I had to buy tampons because I'm on my period, knowing that women's bodily functions are highly offensive. Everyone's staring, mouth agape. I then rip off my deli shoes, hairnet, and apron and throw them in the trash can right there and then. Then I throw the deuces sideways peace sign, declare I'm out, and walked out. Dang, it felt good. I hated that job so freaking much and it wasn't at all the type of work I was hired to do, solely because it was tangentially related to prepared foods. Yeah, anybody in that situation who sees what their worker is purchasing should probably be able to identify why it's okay to let that slide, even if for some reason it does go against some kind of dumb policy, which obviously it shouldn't. This next story is right place? So about a year and a half ago, I started receiving calls on my cell phone saying in a pre-recorded message, we are calling in regards to your gas card credit card, give us a call back at 800 blah blah blah. When I call the number back, this is the conversation. Who are you looking for? They say we're looking for, let's say, your mama's construction, about your gas card being behind payments. I said this is not YMCA, this is a personal cell phone. Then they hang up. I think that was it. Next day, a 404 number calls me around 1pm and it's a live person. We're calling in regards to your gas card being passed due. I say, who are you looking for? They say, YMC. I say, this is not YMC, it's a personal cell phone. I am not and have never been affiliated with that company. Stop calling my phone. They hang up. Then at 8pm I get a call from that 800 number, same thing recorded, telling me to call this number. So I call and tell them this is not the company you're looking for. So for the next 3 weeks, every day that 800 number calls me between 8pm and 8.10pm, always with the same recorded message. I got tired of it and called the number back and told them, if you call this freaking number back one more time, I will sue you and your company for harassment. Dude who picked up said, okay, go ahead. I blocked their numbers and after 8.10pm every freaking day, I get a notification for a new voicemail. It's always the same recording. So I called them back and said, if you don't stop calling my phone, I will be contacting an attorney who will be suing you for harassment. But again, 7 days a week after 8.10pm, never get a call, there would be a voicemail popping up on my phone always the same recording. That went on for about 3 or 4 months. I finally decided to seek an attorney, which I was quickly able to find one willing to take on the case. Attorney called me and filed a motion with the courts to stop the calls. Filed a lawsuit with them. The day he filed it, the calls finally stopped. And found out it was a company, subcontracted company, subcontracted by a big credit card company. Anyway, he filed that back in October, I think, 
I got a call from him yesterday saying the big credit card company is trying to get out of the suit because the attorney is opening a class action against the subcontracted company and the big credit card company is trying to get ahead of the suit and get their name out of it. He told me that he's up to a 50000 settlement just for the big credit card company to get out of the class action. Tell me to go ahead and sue, and that's what I'll do. There's definitely nothing petty to be found here. What I love here is not only was OP clear and concise in exactly what they were going to do, but now they're going to probably most likely get a payday out of it after all. Our next story is, you want me to vacuum the previous crew's mess on my knees? Sure, but I cost $60 an hour. Working for a lady doing some drywall patching and painting, she had just had her new windows installed the day before, and there was definitely some residue from the previous crew. I did a pretty meticulous job cleaning where I'd been working, including cleaning up debris that wasn't mine. I'm just about to wrap it up so that she doesn't get charged anything over the initial 4-hour estimate, but then she makes a point of walking me out into the living room to show me a few specks of drywall dust. Sure, those could have been me, but tracking things in and out on my shoes? Happy to use my handheld buckethead vacuum to clean up where I'd been, but then she just keeps going, literally standing over me as I vacuum on my hands and knees, and continuing to point out bits of fluff in her rug, specks of dirt, other debris, stuff I definitely didn't bring in, in places that I didn't even work in her house. No problem, I cost $60 an hour, and once I go into the next hour, you're paying for the whole thing, even if it's 5 minutes. Hey, I mean, it definitely sucks to work for some entitled people, but if they pay you good money to do it, at some point, it definitely becomes more than worth it. Our next story is, Micromanager forced to step down after mismanaging a new retail service. This one might be petty and definitely not as epic as some of the posts I've seen here, and I'm long-winded. Relevant background info first. Anyway, several years ago, I was working at one of the big hardware stores in my area. It's a household name and had some upward mobility with decent pay for the area. I never really found a niche there after my first year and a half. I learned quickly though, so they kinda made me a Swiss Army employee. I could work hardware, plumbing, mix paint, make keys, prepare contracts for installs, and knew all the features and flaws of the appliance models we sold. I was happy to do this because I was building a reputation as someone who could do everything. Two years in, a new program was implemented that I was uniquely qualified to assist with. They created a new position for me. It was marketed as an all-in-one renovation and remodel service for interiors. I was to assist the designer with product selection, product information, contracts, and local marketing for this service. Everyone involved was super excited about it. Note. I was still only making $10 an hour in 2015 for this. The problem was that because this was brand new, no one knew how it should work. The designer basically had to figure it out for herself while I tried to catch her up with all of the store and product knowledge I'd accumulated during my unique experience with the company. Issues with the program, one, it was way too expensive, two, product to be used, had to come from one of our stores which was limiting three no one knew about it it was a rocky start co-workers would call me over to talk to customers if they mentioned working on a big project but that's all we had no completed jobs to reference or anything provided by corporate to get us running we made our own stuff 
I put together a video advertising the service and got the nod from management to use the company card to purchase a TV and media player to roll the video on repeat. We build vignettes in the store to showcase our design ability. I'd been picking up a lot from the designer so it ended up being a partnership in effect. The Micromanager Enter Devin the Assistant Manager He had actually been involved in the project from the beginning and had been pretty supportive and brought good energy at first, but I think he got fed up with issues that we couldn't control, sloppy contractors refusing to fix things that they messed up, slow design process as customers worked out what they wanted, and people just backing out after taking a bunch of our time when they see the price. We were, on average, charging $3,000 more for a small bathroom remodel on labor alone. Consulting and design fees were also worked into the final cost. The product was discounted to basically being tax-free. Options were limited to the products the company sold. It was just too expensive to take many sales on the poorer side of town, where almost everyone knows some kind of contractor or tradesman with connections. It wasn't a good market for this program, but we did manage to start hitting and exceeding our numbers. Number 7 in the region for the brand new program was not bad, and just when we finally started getting some business and a rhythm around 8 months in, Devin decided that it was not working fast enough for him. Obviously the designer was to blame, since he had no authority over the contractors or setting prices. She didn't know what she was doing and he was going to make some changes. He honestly didn't do much besides hover, bring bad energy and make terrible suggestions. He didn't understand the scope of what we had to do to get a customer out the door and happy. He forced us to cut corners and get the sale as quickly as possible without concern for liability. For basically destroying a room in someone's home to remake it or what was realistic in terms of timelines. Customers felt rushed and got nervous. They backed out. We came to a standstill. We would only have two or three designs in progress at a time, but suddenly after working our butts off building the program, we had no customers for the first time in six months. Obviously Devin was not subjecting us to his authority hard enough, so we went harder and fired the designer. I lost my patience. Justice, or injustice, I don't know. I'm a chill dude, but I'd been working my butt off for this company making peanuts on the promise that I was working towards something. I endured working for the incompetent managers that got their positions because they started working there at 18 and made it their life. The toxic alpha male, I will lead, you will follow, BS was too much. So I started bullying him back making fun of him in a teasing way where he couldn't really react without looking bad or losing control. I did that for a while, and he left me alone to run the program in the interim since I was the only option. The designer and I had become friends though, so I was still mad about how it went down. I wasn't finished yet, but I didn't know what to do. Eventually they got another designer, and Devin had me moved back to what I'd been doing before. Passed over for several promotions that I was more than qualified for, the market had been flooded with long-time employees that were being moved around. Bad luck, but I was done with the place. One day, we were sent an email link to an anonymous manager review survey. The store computers were set up with an always-on and logged-in user profile, so I wrote down the link and verified with a coworker that they weren't unique. In every department I visited that day, 
I wrote a review for Devin. All different ratings. Some good, some bad, but I made the good ones so that they sounded bad, but as if I didn't know it was bad. I did that maybe 10 times. It wasn't character assassination or anything, just opinion-based stuff with some vague examples, so no one could figure out it was me. I didn't lie either, I just said what people don't usually say out loud. He would barely look at anyone after that. A couple of weeks later, he resigned his position as assistant manager and took an exterior design position at the other end of the store as far away from the departments he'd been over before. Basically the same thing as what we had done with the interiors, but he was in the designer's shoes. I left a couple of months later to work tech support for DHS, but while I was still in training for that, my friends from the store told me he had gotten fired. Maybe he learned something. He should have at least learned how my designer friend felt. They were both fired at Christmas. Honestly, somebody that displayed that behavior with that toxic alpha male behavior, I'm surprised that even with these reviews, they had enough shame to actually step down and go for a different job. I wonder if maybe they were forced into it because I just don't think somebody like that would willingly make that kind of a transition. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.